Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So, Saki, who can't, you know, Peppermint, man, she can't get out of her own way. She can't stop saying things that are like instantly refutable. She just, it seems like she, I, I think what happens with Peppermint is she gets in the moment and she gets just like it, 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 it really upset and angry about something. So she spits something out that's instantly refutable. This happens all the time with Peppermint. Maybe it's time she took a little break or vacation. I got some more on Saki and then the credibility of our institutions collapsing. Uh, the AMA, American Medical Association, taking two contradictory positions based exclusively on politics. Texas abortion law, uh, ivermectin for corona. Also, I've got uh, an update, some video on another school board. People starting to ask questions. And the fact, the worst fact check you have ever seen in your life. Seriously, a disgrace to Gold Star families by USA Today. Today's show brought to you by ExpressVPN. Protect your data from big tech spying. Get a VPN, go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Before we get right to it, Joe, now that uh, you know things are um, calmed down a little bit, yeah. I think that's an, probably a better way to say it. Yeah. I think we could get back to uh, our usual Friday intro. So if you would mind, if you wouldn't mind, kind sir. It's Friday. <laughs> sure. right. Yeah, Joe, Joe earned that one. So Thank did you, his sir. Uh, family. So there you go. Thank you, Joe. Now we can see. Although we play, we will never forget what's going on. Um, no. We got a lot to deal with, and we are going to take this thirty fight, the thirty front fight on every single front. Balls to the wall, folks. I don't know any other way to say it. I am doubling down from this point on. Hey, I've been talking about ExpressVPN on my show for months. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Listen, there are a lot of reasons. You know, some people don't think they need it. Oh, they're not spying on it. You sure about that? <laughs> I wouldn't. I wouldn't take that to the bank and cash that check. I'll tell you this, there's never been a more important time to protect your digital rights. That's why me, my family, and thousands of my patriotic listeners secure our online data using ExpressVPN. You think a VPN isn't for you because you can use the internet fine without one? Well, anytime you go online, your internet service provider can see every site you're visiting. Do you know that? Are you confused about how it works? ExpressVPN is an app for your computers and smartphones. It encrypts your network data, and it reroutes it through a secure server. That means you can use the internet anonymously or anonymously, without having your activity tracked. You think the VPNs are complex and only for tech experts? Take it from me, they're not. I'm no tech expert. I use it just fine. With ExpressVPN, you launch the app, you tap one button to protect yourself. It's really that simple. I trust ExpressVPN to protect my online data and activity because they're rated number one by CNET and Wired, and they stand for my values. Now is the time for you to take a stand. Take back your privacy today at expressvpn.com slash Bongino, and get three extra months for free on a one-year package. Again, that's expressvpn.com slash Bongino to get three extra months free. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino right now. Thanks, ExpressVPN. All right, Joe, let's go. All right. Hey, uh, Unfiltered tomorrow. Hey, 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 oh, there's a street here. Hey, um, tomorrow on Unfiltered, Saturday, 10 o'clock. Please don't miss the show. I've got the great Dinesh D'Souza, my regular segment with the uh, terrific Pete Hegseth, and I got Dagan McDowell coming on. If you ever watched Dagan oh, on the five, oh, 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 um, oh yeah, yes, I yeah. Joe knows we love Dagan. Dagan is a flamethrower. She's like, <laughs> I love Dagan. I'm like, yeah. get me Dagan McDowell on my show. 
She is the most underused asset, I believe, in all of cable news. I want Dagan McDowell on my show, so she'll be on setting fire to this place. Unfiltered, Saturday, 10 p.m. Don't miss it. The opening monologue, we're going we're gonna to blow the place up, too. Hey, so here's Saki yesterday. Before I get to the credibility of institutions collapsing everywhere, um, here's Saki yesterday at the uh, podium talking about the Texas heartbeat bill. If a child who is alive has a heartbeat, you now can't terminate that child's life in the womb, which is great in Texas, kind of common sense stuff, I would think. And Saki lost her mind when a reporter for, I believe, a Catholic news outlet asked her a pretty simple question. She couldn't take it. Here, check this out. Why does the president support abortion when his own Catholic faith teaches abortion is morally wrong? Well, he believes that it's a woman's right, it's a woman's body, and it's her choice. Why does the president, who does he believe then should look out for the unborn child? He believes that it's up to a woman to make those decisions uh, and up to a woman to make those decisions with her doctor. I know you've never faced those choices, nor have you ever been pregnant. But for women out there who have faced those choices, this is an incredibly difficult thing. President believes their rights should be respected. Go ahead. I think we got to move on. Peppermint melting down. Peppermint pee. Now, I find is anybody picking up the irony of this year? So Joe Biden, who last time I checked, is a dude. I don't even know if we're allowed to call him a dude because the left thinks there's 7,642 genders. I'm not sure the left's allowed to do that. But Joe Biden's a dude. Joe Biden's allowed to comment on abortion. But if you comment on abortion from the conservative, we like to preserve life side, you're not allowed. This is emotional blackmail, the highest order. Disregard this stupidity. One other quick point, because I got a lot to get to before I move on. I want to spend a lot of time on this. Because it's so obviously stupid and delusional. She thinks we're just going to shut up. You're guys. You're not allowed to talk about human life. Okay. Okay. Now I'm going to talk about it more just to piss them off. Don't you find it odd that it was just a couple of weeks ago we, we were being told by these leftist lunatics, men can give birth. Men cannot give birth. Okay. Men can chest feed. Okay. These, these are the same people. So what is it? What is it? Are men giving birth and chest feeding or not? Which, which one? Which one of those things is true? The left, Tucker hit on this last night, and he's correct. They can't seem to get their message straight. Men can't give birth. You're a man. You're not allowed to talk about giving birth. What? Folks, please, please, I'm begging you, stop. Uh, to moderate Democrats out there, if you're listening, please stop taking these idiots seriously. These are not serious people. They are life losers who could do nothing else and found their way into politics. They say, we're moving on, we're moving on, because she realizes she got wrecked. And it's funny, the left is like, oh, Saki bomb. Yeah, Saki bombed, all right, just not in the way you think. All right, moving on. You know, I was thinking this morning, I like to think of themes and narratives for shows to tie everything together. And it, it occurred to me this morning, the credibility of our institutions everywhere is collapsing. We've seen it. Institutions like the CDC, you know, one you may like the CDC. I know very few people are taking them seriously now, but there was a point where, yeah, people did take what the Centers for Disease Control said seriously. The AMA, American Medical Association, you know, there was a time, I'm only 46, but I remember specifically when institutions like this, maybe not the AMA specifically, but people treated them as serious institutions. You have the CDC, the AMA, the media. Again, there was a time where Walter Cronkite had some semblance of credibility with large swaths of America. Fact checkers in the media, um, scientists. People took what scientists had to say seriously, too. The military, FBI, intel, school boards. The list goes on and on. 
These institutions are collapsing. And you may say, wow, that sounds apocalyptic. It's a Friday, Dan. I'm not ready for all the bad news. It is in one sense, but it's not in the other. It, it is apocalyptic in that the sources of legitimate fact and data we can seek, uh, facts and data that we can seek out right now, uh, those sources are now shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. The positive side to this is we're learning to divorce ourselves from propagandists and zeros, and we're learning to seek information from more close-knit circles of people we trust and not relying on these, you know, um, the, you know, these people who put themselves up on pedestals in the media and in Washington, D.C. We're learning where truth is, and that's important. Well, what made me think of this and the credibility of institutions collapsing now? The American Medical Association, you would think, just by the title, folks, would be an association about American medicine. It's called the American Medical Association. Uh, continues to humiliate itself and destroy its credibility. And, and you know what I, what I find kind of odd is they don't see how 40 to 50% of America are not taking them seriously anymore. Here are two completely different opposing positions the AMA has taken, not based on American medicine, but based almost purely on politics. Here, number one, the new Texas heartbeat law. The AMA slams the Texas abortion law as a blight on the patient-provider relationship. It says The AMA says they were disturbed by the Texas law. It impedes an open and honest patient-provider relationship. Okay, so before we move on to story two, just to be clear, just to be clear, the American Medical Association, you'd think they'd be involved in medicine and stuff, the AMA, a formerly serious institution, has said this abortion law, you cannot get between a patient and the doctor. If that doctor says abortion, then that is what matters, whether it's medically necessary or not, which is always, almost always a farce, right? It doesn't matter. You do not get between the patient and the provider. That is critical. Everybody tracking? So again, these are supposed to be science-based American Medical Association practitioners. Okay, got it, folks? Do not. Joe, do you understand? Because I can't move on unless you understand. It's not complicated. Nah, we're, we're cool. This is easy. Do not get between the patient and the doctor, no matter what. They know best. Okay. That's the AMA's position, which is weird because the AMA takes a different position on the use of ivermectin that a patient may be prescribed by a doctor. Totally weird. Here's the AMA. AMA, APHA, ASHP. Statement on ending use of ivermectin to treat COVID-19. Okay, they strongly oppose the prescribing or dispensing of ivermectin to prevent or treat COVID-19 outside of a clinical trial. Can we just sit on this for a minute? So the AMA, again, is supposed to be an American medical association of people practicing American medicine and all that stuff, says do not get in the way of that patient-provider relationship unless it's prescribing ivermectin. In that case, definitely get in the way. These people are humiliating themselves in real time. Do you understand? I'm, I'm serious. I know there are some people listening who are AMA members. Do you understand that what's happening to you right now? And you either don't see it because you're too stupid and blind to it, or you do see it and don't care. I don't know what it is. There's no option C. You're relatively smart people. So I assume you see it and don't. you just don't care. What's happening to you is what happened to the media over the past 60 or 70 years. 
Their credibility went down and down and down and down as they continued to do things not not motivated by the seeking of truth, but by the seeking of political power. It is clear as day that's all you care about now. You are catering to your leftist god politicians who don't like abortion and don't like ivermectin for some reason. That's all you're doing. None of this has anything to do with science because you're taking conflicting positions on the patient-doctor relationship depending on... Political wins of the day. Lick your finger. This is, institutions are collapsing everywhere. Here's another one, the CDC. The CDC was once a respected institution uh, you know, in the public health arena. They were. I remember it. I'm only 46. Going to be 47 in December. But I remember it. Not anymore. People right now, just like people are laughing at the AMA, they laugh at the CDC now. Because the CDC says things so clearly not based in science that everybody's like, wait, what? Do you even read the data? Now, what are masks have become a political issue like abortion and ivermectin in the prior story with AMA. So you can always count on organizations and institutions that have been that are in this kind of political capture, not regulatory capture. They've been captured by leftists to just say things based on politics. So leftists love masks because they love face diapers over everyone's face. They want the new COVID burqa over everyone's face everywhere. They have no science to back up what they say about it. None. It doesn't matter. It's a cult issue for them. So the CDC went along. Well, finally, finally, even some leftist outlets, I'm not suggesting the author of this piece is a leftist, but a leftist outlet is finally starting to publish some stuff because I think the backlash has been substantial and they're starting to realize long-term they could be doing real harm to kids with these masks. Even leftist outlets are now starting to wake up. You doubt me? Here's a piece. Read this in my newsletter, please. Bongino.com slash newsletters where you sign up. Please read this. The Atlantic, again, a left-leaning outlet. The downsides of masking young students are real. This is a real piece. I'm stunned. The Atlantic publishes the educational cost of face coverings is far better established than the benefits of mandates. What's happening here, folks? They're starting to realize on the left that they can only cover for the mask pseudoscience for so long. They're starting to realize that. And now they're starting to realize, my gosh, our credibility really is gone. We've been telling people the entire time, man, 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 mask, 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 mask for kids, mask for kids. And all of a sudden, countries around the globe and even the WHO, the failed WHO, they're like, "Ah, I'm not sure masks for two-year-olds are a good idea. And they're starting to realize, holy Moses, we're going to be left holding the cards on this and we're going to look like total idiots. I want you to, I'm going to read this. This is important. Again, a left-leaning piece in the Atlantic. The benefits of mask requirements in school might seem self-evident. They have, to con- uh, they have to help contain the coronavirus, right? But that may not be so. In Spain, masks are used in kids ages six and older. The authors of one study there examined the risk of viral spread at all ages. If the masks provided a large benefit, then the transmission rate among five-year-olds would be far higher than the rate among six-year-olds. Why? There are some leftists listening, so I have to explain this. Because five-year-olds aren't mandated to wear masks and six-year-olds are. So if you believe masks work, then clearly the spread amongst five-year-olds would be greater than six-year-olds because the six-year-olds have the masks on, right? But what happened? (laughs) Results don't show that. Instead, they show that transmission rates, which were low among the youngest kids, steadily increased with age. Increased with age. Increased with age. 
rather than dropping sharply for older children subject to face covering requirements. This suggests that masking kids in schools does not provide a major benefit and may provide none at all. And yet many officials prefer to double down on masking mandates as if the fundamental policy were sound and only people have failed. A CDC, an institution, their credibility is entirely collapsed. Folks, now they're all in. They are all in on masks because Donald Trump at one point questioned the efficacy of masks. They went all in. I said to Guy this morning before the show, why does this issue drive me crazy? Why do you, many of you in the listeners, why do you keep talking about this? Because again, that people will subject their kids to a face mask that may have long-term developmental effects they have no idea about with no science to back it up whatsoever. None. The loosest of correlational data that they will do this speaks to the fact that we are living in a new Tower of Babel time. I mean it. Tower of Babel, we're all speaking a different language. No, no, we all speak the same language here. English, most of us. But that doesn't mean we're speaking the same language. One side, us, believe in science. That's a language, the language of science and math. It's not a language in the technical sense, but you get what I'm saying. It's an understandable ethos, a testable hypothesis. Retest it. Prove it. Prove it again. Back it up. Cite it. Peer review it. There's one side who believes in that. And then there's the left. They don't care about anything. They just want everyone to die of COVID that doesn't put a mask on and get a vaccine. They don't care. They will stick their kid in a mask forever. I said to Guy, and I'm not kidding. If you told them tomorrow and conclusively proved it in a control group tested gold standard study that sticking their kids in a mask will will result in the loss of 10 IQ points and severe developmental disorders. If you told them that tomorrow, not suggesting that's actual, but if, if you told them that, they would not care. They would stick their kids at a mask anyway because they don't care. This is why I'm convinced we are closing in on a rebound. We have reached Tower of Babel bottom. The morons are starting to realize they're morons, some of them, even at the Atlantic. And it's starting to turn around. By the way, I'm not suggesting the guy who wrote this piece of moron. This guy's obviously a pretty bright guy, but he's a medical professional too. But he brings up the second point, which you should find mildly concerning if you're a parent. Again, if you're a leftist parent, I know you don't care about your kids, so I'm talking to normal people. You can tune out the show right now. He goes on in this Atlantic piece. Before we decide to limit the amount of face-to-face human contact that children experience during many of their waking hours, policymakers should be acutely aware of what children could lose by putting a mask on. Back to peace. Unfortunately, the downside of school mask requirements for children has been difficult to assess systematically because until this pandemic, face covering policies were never previously imposed on so many children for such a long period of time. Longitudinal studies cannot be performed on long term outcomes because there are no children in prior generations to study. This is, again, a point I can't hammer home enough. What kind of parents are you on the left? You don't care about the long-term developmental effects on your kid. You're going to stick them in a mask anyway, despite the loosest of correlational data that this does anything at all. What kind of a degenerate human being are you? Really? What kind of person are you? What kind of human being are you? A very sick one. I'm serious. You need help. All right, I got a video coming up next. Uh, a local questioning a school board about that uh, teacher who uh, 
had his, apparently had an Antifa flag up in the classroom, was caught on tape by Project Veritas. So people are starting to ask questions and demanding answers, and I like it. Demanding answers is good. Truth will win the day, I hope. Hey, now that we can get out and travel and take vacations, we want to celebrate some of our favorite times by turning out uh, new memories, turning new memories into art. If you want to give a truly meaningful gift, this is a great gift. Trypaintyourlife.com. It makes a perfect birthday, anniversary, or wedding gift. It's meaningful, personal, can be cherished forever. Get a professional. Here's what you get here. Professional hand-painted portrait created from any photo at a truly affordable price. Or you can combine photos of people, places, things you love into one painting. Pets, whatever. Maybe we'll get Lucy in the next one. Choose from a team of world-class artists and work with them until every detail is perfect. The user-friendly platform makes it easy to order a custom-made, hand-painted portrait in less than five minutes. And it's fast. You can receive your portrait in as little as two weeks. I love mine. My Paint Your Life picture. People come in uh, to painting and look at it all the time. They love it. They ask me where I got it. At paintyourlife.com, there's no risk. If you don't love the final painting, your money's refunded, guaranteed. And right now is a limited time offer. Get 20% off your painting. That's right, 20% off and free shipping. To get this special offer, text the word Dan, D-A-N, my first name. Text Dan to 64,000. That's Dan to 64,000. Text Dan to 64,000. Paint your life. Celebrate the moments that matter most. Terms apply. Available at paintyourlife.com slash terms. Again, text Dan to 64,000. Really cool gift. Okay. Just quickly, again, institutions collapsing everywhere, and we're proving it. How? I mean, uh, a serious question. I'm not messing with you. How often in your lifetime, I don't know how old you are, 30s, 40s, 50s, whatever it may be, how often in your lifetime have you thought about local school boards, who's on them, and what they do? Be honest. Be honest. Come on. I'm very politically active. Uh, and even I did not spend a huge amount of time on who was elected to our school boards. I don't I'm not going to lie to you. I've started over the last five or six years paying very close attention to it, but we didn't. They were just institutions we trusted were, or generally trusted that were interested in our kids' educational betterment, right? We just left it alone. Well, of course, they awoke the sleeping giant school boards as the left pushed and pushed and pushed, pushed racism training, training people to be racist in classrooms. We had this incident with the Antifa guy caught on tape by Project Veritas. So with some um, entrepreneurial local reporter showed up at a school board, and she asked some questions for the school board about this Antifa uh, guy uh, who was teaching in the classroom. And the school board doesn't seem to have a lot of answers, but the crowd seems to want them. Check this out. Have any prior complaints been made against Gabriel Geith and have they been reported to Indercombe High School? If so, what were those complaints? When did they happen and what actions were taken by the school? And if no actions were taken, why weren't they taken? Um, and then another question, the teacher in question, Gabriel Geith, uh, stated that other teachers do share his beliefs. Has the board taken steps to identify any of those teachers who may have been sharing their opinions in the classrooms? And if so, what actions are being taken? Yeah. Will anyone be available after to answer those questions? Uh, who are the other two teachers? Thank you for your time. Folks, I put this in there not to just throw some random video clip in there. But it's a bit of good news on a Friday. We started the show with the narrative here for the show, the, 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 uh, the narrative that ties these stories together, that the credibility of institutions are collapsing. School boards, the CDC, the AMA, science, the media, 
And you're like, well, what's the good part of that? The good part of that is you have people like this stepping forward, starting to ask serious questions here, starting to ask questions and realizing that what they've been told is a larger ecosystem of facts and information where we should seek facts and make decisions, that that ecosystem is full of liars and propagandists and people who don't have your best interests in mind, but actually want to destroy the country. We're shrinking that and shrinking that and shrinking that and finding serious, credible sources of information now. And we're starting to ask questions in the past we didn't ask because we just threw it off the trust. Oh, the school board, they're doing the right thing. They're not. We need to stay on top of them everywhere. Our military, another one. Folks, listen, the upper level of upper levels of our military made some disastrous decisions in Afghanistan. I believe at this point that is absolutely factually correct. We have to ask questions. Supporting our war fighters on the ground, which conservatives and Republicans do, because it takes a whole lot of bravery to raise your right hand, pledge allegiance to the United States of America and to protect her, and then to put your caboose on the line while gunfire is coming your way. But that doesn't absolve our military leadership. We are the United States, a constitutional republic, of questions when they make terrible decisions. Peggy Noonan, who, again, I'm, I'm, you know, she's not been the biggest fan of Trump. And that's okay. I mean, listen, I'm not, you know, if I see a good idea, I'll take it from anywhere on the political aisle. She wrote this piece in the Wall Street Journal today. The Afghan fiasco will stick to Biden. It hit his reputational core. He no longer comes across as empathetic and much less serious. But she brings up a point about the military. Again, that even Peggy Noonan, who is a, a moderate Republican so moderate, almost leans left on a lot of stuff, was no fan of Trump. But it's, it's a fair point here. She says, well, what happened with U.S. military leadership? She's talking about these Afghanistan decisions. There's been a stature shift there, too. Did they warn the president not to leave Bagram? Did they warn that the whole exit strategy was flawed and unrealistic? If the president was warned and rejected the advice, why did a general care enough to step down, either in advance or stop the debacle or afterward to protest it? Yes, this is the kind of stuff we've been asking for weeks. We had had blind trust, many of us, not all of us, but many of us in the military, hoping they would make the right decision or at least tell the president, hey, Mr. President, this is a really awful, terrible idea. They did not do that here. They didn't do it. They just let this happen. No one resigned about it. We haven't heard. The only guy uh, fired, I'm going to talk to Pete Hegseth about this on the show tomorrow, or uh, relieved of command, was that Stuart Scheller, who ironically, the Marine, who asked for accountability. Credibility in our institutions is collapsing. Now, credibility in our media is now done. Almost, almost no one on the right trusts the media anymore, and they did this to themselves. And that's largely thanks to a group of losers and zeros and total degenerates called fact-checkers. These are the worst. I cannot encourage you enough to block every one of these zeros from your social media feeds, Twitter, whatever they may be, Facebook. Block every single one of these losers. They are not fact checkers. My rage at them is, is almost unparalleled. It's up there with the, the, the you know, the, the blind mask acolytes too. This is the most disgusting one yet. This is a new low for the fact checker parasites. Here is a guy on Twitter who claims to be checking facts and covering misinformation. I mean, a loser of epic proportions to have done what he did. His name is Daniel Funky. F-U-N-K-E-E. Here's his uh, Twitter profile. Uh, sadly, this, this zero uh, gets a blue check mark. He's got his pronouns there, too, Daniel Funky, in case you were confused about that. 
So what did this guy do? I want you to read a tweet. Remember when Joe Biden got caught by the Gold Star families checking his watch at the transition, the dignified transition ceremony where the caskets were coming off the cargo plane? The flag-draped caskets of the bodies of these 13 heroes who died? Well, Joe Biden was checking his watch multiple times, according to the parents who were there. Daniel Funky wasn't there because Daniel Funky is a flunky for Joe Biden and a life loser. He, of course, has to protect, protect Joe Biden because he's a loser. That's how he wound up being a fact checker. So Daniel Funky, I, this is hard to believe, folks. This is stunning, even for losers who wind up as fact checkers who can't get real jobs. He tweets out, Daniel Funky, new fact check. A viral photo makes it look like President Biden checked his watch during a ceremony honoring U.S. service members killed in Kabul. But that's misleading. Here's the actual USA Today piece. This life loser wrote about it. They had to edit this now afterwards. Fact check. Biden honored service members killed in Kabul. Checked watch during ceremony. They had to update this with a, uh, with a new disclaimer. Because what happened? Here, show us that. The, uh, you have that? No. Here, they had to issue a correction. Story was updated on September 2nd to note that Biden checked his watch multiple times at the dignified transfer event, including during the ceremony itself. The rating on this claim has been changed from partly false to missing context. Missing context? Missing context meaning you had no context at all, meaning Daniel Flunky just made this story up to protect Joe Biden. These, again, are the fact checkers. We've got all of this going on. Biden lying about stranding Americans. Biden lying about everything that happened in Afghanistan. The military didn't tell me this was going to happen. He's a liar. And what does Daniel Flunky spend this time doing? Attacking Gold Star families who were at the ceremony infuriated by Joe Biden checking his watch as if he had to be somewhere during the ceremony. This is how disgusting these people are. Matt Palumbo at our website saw this. Hat tip to him, Bongino.com. The article will be in the newsletter. He, had, he went on attack yesterday, Matt, and he wrote this article, alleged fact checkers try and fail to debunk claim that Biden checked watch during dignified transfer of fallen soldiers. Well, Matt's the one, I believe, who forced this correction by this total life loser at USA Today attacking in horrific fashion these Gold Star families. Now, the Gold Star families was, were there. Daniel Flunky was not. So here's who Daniel Flunky was attacking before he got called out and absolutely destroyed on social media. Take a look. In reference to the checking of his watch, that didn't happen just once. That happened on every single one that came out of that airplane. It happened on every single one of them. They would release the salute and... He looked down at his watch on every last one, all 13. He looked down at his watch. Daniel Flunky, I want you to look that man in the eye, and I want you to tell him he's a liar. You disgusting piece of filth. Disgusting human being you are. Disgusting. Block these losers from your sights. From every, these are, they, they are, they're beneath contempt, these people. You're telling me that parent's lying? He was there. You weren't. Any, I love it. He cites a C-SPAN video, Flunky, that cut out from Biden. People, it is. It is. 
All right, let me take a breather here for a second because this is important. I want to get to another video in a second. Biden disgracing himself again in a moment of tragedy, just like he did during the dignified transfer ceremony. Hey, I got to be somewhere. Disgracing himself again. We had lives lost yesterday due to a devastating storm. What does Joe Biden do? Never let a crisis go to waste. He's got a site. Yep, climate change. You knew that was coming. We're going to give you the data because we actually do data here because we got to shrink our circle now because you've realized the larger circle of stupid is too large. Start, you know, calling the herd right now. Knowing where you can always come here for sources of for a source of truth and information, I promise you. All right, today's show brought to you by LifeLock. With more of the lives being connected, more of our lives over the internet, a lot of our personal data already exists online. Sadly, that, a lot of that gets connected too. Be vigilant in how you share information and help manage your digital identity. Avoid phishing scams, changing your passwords often. Do that and use two-factor authentication. Those are just some ways you can protect yourself. It's important to understand our cybercrime and identity theft affect our lives. It happened to me. I had my identity stolen. It really was terrible. It took me a long time to clean up. Every day we put our information at risk on the internet. In an instant, a cyber criminal could steal what's yours, sometimes even harm your finances, your credit, and your reputation. Good thing there's LifeLock. I've been a client there for a long time and a customer. LifeLock helps detect a wide range of identity threats like your social security number for sale on the dark web. If they detect your information has been potentially compromised, they'll send you an alert. I get texts on my phone and I get voicemails as well. Thankfully, the last few have been uh, uh, people checking credit for various business things, but it, they were on top of it instantly. I usually text my wife, is this legit? Yeah, yeah, it's legit. Get LifeLock. You can get that protection too. Listen, no one can prevent all identity theft or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but you can help protect what's yours with LifeLock Identity Theft Protection. Don't wait. You don't want this to happen to you. Join now and save up to 25% off your first year at LifeLock.com slash Bongino. That's LifeLock.com slash Bongino for 25% off. Thanks, LifeLock. All right, back to the show. So Joe Biden disgraced himself multiple times. The man is a total failure. He must resign or be impeached. No, 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 no. I, I already sense it. Some of the, you know, moderate Republicans out there, damn, this is a political loser. Mitch McConnell yesterday, we don't have the votes. They didn't have the votes on the Democrat side to impeach Trump, right? But what did they understand? The one way to defeat your political opponents is what? What? Anybody? To impose real material losses. That's how you do it. The left understands this, boycotting people, suing people, impeaching people, forcing them to defend themselves. Once we learn that, and these moderate Republicans who uh, you know prefer to sit on their collective rumps and do cable news hits instead, you know who I'm talking about, right? Once we're done with them and once we wake up and realize once we start imposing real material losses on the other side, maybe things will change. Here's this failure of a human being, Biden, disgracing himself yesterday after this massive storm cost many lives, bringing up what? Climate change. Check this out. The past few days of Hurricane Ida and the wildfires in the West and the unprecedented flash floods in New York and New Jersey is yet another reminder that these extreme storms and the climate crisis, crisis are here. We need to do, be much better prepared. We need to act. So extreme storms due to the climate crisis. Again, folks, shrink your circle and start culling the herd of stupid. Block the fact checkers. Do not read these media outlets, the New York Times, the Washington Post. They're not media outlets. They're simply fairy tales. They're, they're, they're leftist fairy tale outlets. That's it. 
Here, facts, Wall Street Journal. Climate change doesn't cause all disasters. So if Joe Biden's right, climate change getting worse, causing storms and death all over the place, then how come this is happening with regards to deaths? Global deaths back in the 1920s, folks killed from, from climate disasters, by the way, killed almost half a million people. That's 500,000 for the liberals listening. That was in the 1920s. So you would think if Joe Biden's correct, given that the population of the world has quadrupled since then, you would think that natural disasters would be killing more people because there's more people to kill and the climate's getting worse. Yet, over the past century, climate-related deaths have dropped to fewer than 20,000 on average each year, even though the global population has quadrupled since 1920. They're just, you understand they're just making it up? And you're a sucker if you believe this. You're like the, the parent who puts their kid in a mask. Because, I don't know, you hate your kids, you hate the truth. I don't know. You're just so blind to science. Numbers mean nothing to you. People are dying everywhere. The disastrous effects of storm and climate change. Actually, only a fraction of the people are dying now, despite four times the population than were 100 years ago. What do I say to that? Nothing. You just lie. Again, you're programmed to be an idiot, and you never disappoint. Here's another one. Joe Biden. More storms. More storms everywhere. They're killing everyone. Climate change is doing it. Really? Here's another article, Wall Street Street Journal from last year. Biden of the climate apocalypse. Are storms getting worse? Let's go to the uh, text of the piece. Do we have actual data on that? Here, from the piece, as for climate and hurricanes, sigh. Let's repeat that there is little evidence that storm frequency and the modest global warming of the last century are linked. As scientist Roger Pilkey Jr. noted, hurricanes hitting the U.S. have not increased in frequency or intensity since 1900. It goes on. The National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, that's the government for you leftists. I know you love government. They said it's premature to conclude that human activities and particularly greenhouse gas emissions that cause global warming have already had a detectable impact on Atlantic hurricane or global tropical cyclone activity. The United Nations Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change says it too lacks evidence to show that warming is making storms and flooding worse. Keep it up, leftists. Keep it up. Just like your uh, mass cult, your climate change cult. Thumbs are getting worse. Frequent. People are dying. You have any data to back that up? None at all. The data tell the opposite. It doesn't matter what you say to them. Their heads are full of six feet of concrete. These are the dumbest people on planet Earth. There is nothing you can say to them to break through. I promise. Nothing. But we can try. Maybe there's a moderate Democrat out there watching this who will actually say, wow, Dan's right. The data doesn't show any of that. Biden's just a senile old fool who will say whatever talking point AOC and them don't say it was climate change. Was it climate change? No, nothing to do with it. Just say it anyway. Because the man has no integrity and he's corrupt. Him and his family are corrupt losers. They are, all of them. And he wound up, one of the dumbest people in the United States, wound up in, uh, in the White House. Well, how did that happen? Well, this is an interesting article in Breitbart. A guy who has spent a lifetime studying election fraud, Hans von Spakovsky, and a friend of mine. Missing ballots in three states exceed Joe Biden's victory margins. Oh, that sounds like a story to me, you would think. Haven't heard much about that, have we? Here, he made an appearance the other day in the media, Hans von Spakovsky, and he said, you know, this didn't just happen in Wisconsin. The margin of victory in Arizona for Joe Biden was only a little over 10,000 votes. Maricopa County alone admitted they sent out 100, wait a minute, 110,000 mail-in or absentee ballots. 
to what turned out to be the wrong addresses? Oh, isn't it? May want to look into that, right? Maybe, maybe a little bit. These ballots were labeled and returned as undeliverable by the Postal Service. He added, same thing in Nevada. Clark County sent out something like 93,000 mail-in ballots that are unaccounted for. In other words, they mailed it out and it never came back. We don't know what happened to them. And remember, the margin of victory in the entire state was only a little over 33,000 ballots. There were literally tens of thousands of ballots out there floating around, and we don't know what happened to them. Hans von Spakovsky concluded. But yeah, let's just continue mailing ballots out to people in the next election. That's a very effective strategy. A couple more things I want to get to before I got questions for Dan coming up in the end. Good questions this week. We appreciate it. Again, a note on good news. I said to you in the beginning, institutions and their credibility are collapsing. We are shrinking our circle as we realize and we prune the tree. This outlet's a bunch of morons. Fact checkers are a bunch of morons. Can't trust the AMA. Can't trust the CDC. And eventually we wind up with a good, hardened, pruned tree that's going to grow better in the future because we realize good sources of information. This fight's happening now, even in the pop culture. Christian Toto has a great piece to be in my newsletter. Please read this, Hollywood and Toto. He comments on the entertainment business. And Christian said in his piece, yes, the counterculture revolution has begun. He mentions a number of people in there. I'll just go to the piece. He talks about Greg Gutfeld, how his late night show is now on Fox, is now destroying all of these other broadcast uh, shows, these late night shows. He's wrecking them right now. Talks about also a guy. I had not heard of this guy. I'd received a few emails, but I'm, I'm glad I read this in the piece. Apparently, he's a rapper out there, a guy by the name of Tom McDonald. And his songs, he says, he knows who he is. Uh, they're like Gutfeld monologues. They sprung to life. This is from Hollywood and Toto. He rants against the woke police, the death of nuance, and how we're brainwashed by the media. He's angry but thoughtful, a rapper eager for Americans to stop fighting each other and turn on the forces dividing us. Get a load of this. I didn't even know. I hadn't heard of this guy before today. Tom McDonald doesn't have a mainstream music label. The corporate press ignores his iTunes victories, and they're growing. Rolling Stone won't give its coveted cover to his rebellious smile, even if one of the Boston Marathon bombers once snagged that on her. His music videos rack up a million plus views in roughly a day of late, and the songs typically bum rush the iTunes music charts. We're living through a rebellion right now, folks, a cultural one and a political one and a truth one. You're seeing it happen in front of your eyes. The left's attacks on us, we were not going to stay asleep. Now, you know, on my front, like the culture, I've been part of a business rebellion as well. I've been committed to putting my money where my mouth is for a long time and building a parallel economy for you, when you where you can escape leftist censorship. I've been committed to that for a very long time now. Well, why? Look at this piece by Reuters. Exclusive. Amazon is now to proactively remove more content that violates rules from its cloud services. Sources. Folks, I cannot recommend to you in strong enough terms. Please dump AWS. Amazon Web Services is a cloud service. They basically do the, with the website management hosting for you. Please dump them. Why am I bringing this up now? They are now going to be, they're going to do to a lot of people what they did to Parler. Wipe them off the face of the earth. Get away from them as soon as you can. Well, go where, Dan? I've got some news. You know, I'm an investor in Rumble, the free speech video alternative to YouTube that's been exploding, leading the pack everywhere. 
You can always watch my videos on Rumble too. We are now expanding Rumble into cloud services too. Stay tuned for some news on that. Get ready to dump AWS and come on over to us where we will not censor your free speech. That's coming next. One other option I've offered you, and I hope you take me up on a daily, uh, the daily, was this the daily signal or the daily wire? That was a daily signal. Oh, I thought that was a daily wire. Hey, the left doesn't just want to censor you on social media. It also wants to close your bank accounts. We talked about the Mike Flynn disaster on my radio show. General Mike Flynn, Chase canceled and uncanceled his bank account, citing reputational risk. Get away from Stripe and these other financial services too. Well, go where? Well, just like Rumble is going to offer you a cloud alternative to AWS very soon. Get away from Stripe. I have a platform for you. Folks, this is all I've committed my life to is building a parallel economy. I don't know if I'm even going to be alive long enough to see this thing succeed, but I know I'm going to try. So in the Daily Signal, they write about a line pay. They say the direction which these tech companies are headed necessitates alternative digital payment services that won't deplatform users for their political uh, views. Fortunately, Dan Bongino stepped up to address the issue in the digital payment space. Bongino recently announced the creation of Align Pay, a new platform that pledges to process the digital payments of organizations regardless of their political beliefs. They talk more about it in the Daily Signal. Folks, if you're using Stripe, you could potentially be canceled too, just like they canceled Donald Trump. You're processing payments on your site. I'm just putting it out there. AlignPay, A-L-I-G-N-P-A-Y.com. Yes, it's mine. I have no, I, like I said, I put my money where my mouth is. AlignPay.com. You are, you're taking a big chance with AWS and this other stuff. You have to, to build a parallel economy, you have to escape the leftists. You have to. And we're giving you vehicles to do it. Please check it out. All right, let me get to my uh, last sponsor. And then we got questions for Dan. One of them, ironically, is about the parallel economy. Perfect timing. Our last sponsor is Helix. I've had my Helix mattress for years. You know, I love it. I talk about it all the time. It's the best mattress I ever had. The only downside is you don't want to sleep on another mattress ever. Well, why is the Helix mattress so good? This is important. Because they have a quiz. I took it. It takes just two minutes to complete. It's not some long, like, SAT thing. Two minutes, that's it. And it matches your body type and sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. With Helix, you're getting a mattress you know will be perfect for the way you sleep. Take the quiz. Take the quiz. Everybody, everybody's unique. Helix knows that. They have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is good for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. I took the quiz. I was matched to a Midnight Lux, and I love it because I wanted something a little firm. Good for my shoulders. So if you're looking for a mattress, take the quiz. Order the mattress you're matched to, which comes right to your door, ship for free. You don't have to go to a mattress store again. They have financing options and flexible payment plans, so a great night's sleep is never far away. Helix even has special financing offers where you can get your own Helix, the number one rated mattress in America, for less than a dollar a day. So if you buy a queen standard mattress or you treat yourself and get the Lux model, you can qualify to pay less than $28 a month over 36 months. It's a limited time offer, and it ends on September 19, 2021. So if you've been wanting to upgrade your sleep, now's a great time to do it. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Dan. Take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customized mattress that'll give you the best sleep of your life. They have a 10-year warranty, and you get to try it out for 100 nights risk-free. They'll even pick it up for you if you don't love it. You will. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Dan. 
helixsleep.com slash Dan. All right. Questions for Dan. If you want to submit a question, I enjoy this. I hope you do. Uh, rumble.com slash Bongino. That's my Rumble account where you can watch the video version of my podcast. It's free. Just click follow to follow a Rumble account. Just comment on any of the videos. Guy goes through them every week. First question, convenient timing. I didn't plan it this way. Hey, Dan, I don't have the capacity to invest in the parallel economy. What do you think is the best way for someone like myself to further that movement and progress? This is from Conserve, Conserve Vincent. Well, Conserve Vincent, thank you for the question. Folks, here's what you need to do. I, I can't tell you what to do about canceling the accounts you have now. Okay, I can't. Like I said, my team uses Twitter. Um, I don't. I use Parler. But there are other platforms out there as well. My suggestion to you is you have to decide on your own if you think staying on Twitter and Facebook is a way to advance the message on their platforms. There's a case to be made either way. I'm not going to make that for you. But because that's a non-answer. Here's my answer answer. <clears throat> You have to establish accounts on alternative platforms and please use them. Go to Parler, go to Rumble, go to Locals. There are other, uh, there are other platforms out there. Go to those platforms and set up accounts and post on. I know it's hard to double post sometimes. I get it. I get it. I know it's hard. Sometimes I post something on Facebook and then I post it on Parler. And then I post a Telegram's another good one. I said, and then I posted on Tell. I have a Telegram account as well. You see, it's a blue check mark account. Check it out, right? D Bongino. And I'm on Parlor. I'm D Bongino on Parlor. You have to open up accounts there. Folks, the do matters. It doesn't do us any good to talk about these parallel accounts like Rumble. Subscribe to my Rumble. I, I get it. It's my Rumble. I have a vested interest in saying that, of course. I'm, but I don't apologize for it. We built it. We built it to get away from YouTube. The only way it's going to work is if people use it. So you have to go to these platforms, Telegram, Parler, Rumble, Locals, set up accounts, set up accounts today and use them. That is the best way to advance the movement. Once we reach a critical mass of users, like we did at Parler before AWS knocked us off planet Earth, that's why they did it. Because we had reached, I don't know what it was, 15 million, 20 million users. So I wasn't intimately involved back then. But you get the point. Once we get to a critical mass, these people are going to panic. And YouTube and the others are going to have to stop doing what they're doing now, which is censoring conservatives or they won't have a business model left. Okay. Question number two. Hey, Dan, you feel it's prudent for the 2024 candidates or a 2020 candidate to campaign in blue states? I feel if these states were ever going to turn red, now would be the time to capitalize on it. Thanks for all you do. Super Trump fan man. Yes, we should campaign in blue states. My recommendation has been for a little while, I've changed my thinking on is if you have the capacity to leave blue states, do it. Move to swing states and red states where your vote will matter more. Many of you can't, and I understand that. You have businesses and family in blue states, and you, for various reasons, have to stay. So why is it important to campaign in blue states? Folks, I don't think we should waste a lot of money in blue states because then money goes in, money's going, money's, political money goes into these vanity races. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not going to call out anyone individually. But these vanity races where we have no chance of winning. Here, here's kind of a golden rule for you. Let me just codify this for you. There is a thing called the Cook PVI. Cook, common spelling, C-O-O-K. PVI stands for Partisan Value Index. If you want to see if a race for Congress is winnable, 
Just put in whatever the district is. Like I ran in Maryland District 6. Put Maryland District 6, Cook PVI, and the number will come up. This is important, a partisan value index. That number measures the Democrat or Republican lean of the district. It'll come up as a D plus 6, R plus 1, D plus 10, whatever it is. The general rule is if a district is a, say, D plus, say, 7 or greater, the chances of a Republican winning there are pretty much zero. I'm not saying you shouldn't run there or volunteer there. I'm just saying we probably shouldn't allocate millions of dollars of resources there. You want to run in D plus three, D plus two, D plus one, and definitely in R plus anything districts, right? Because they're Republican leaning. Be careful where you spend your money. But we should run. Why? Why did you just tell us? You told us, Dan, it's almost unwinnable. Because what happens, folks, is if we run quality candidates, even in districts that are unwinnable, D plus 10, D plus 20, if we run good candidates, we don't waste a lot of money, but we fund them okay. Well, what happens to the Democrats? The Democrats are forced to spend money there too in districts they never thought they would lose. And therefore, they can't then take that money and spend it in swing districts. So we should always run candidates everywhere, in every district, no matter what. But we got to be careful with money. The money's limited. Spend them on districts that I think are D plus seven or less. Yeah, yeah, that's right. He makes a good point. If we don't run when it's D plus seven, then the next election will be D plus 15 and D plus 30, then D plus 2,642, which is definitely no good. So, yes, run in blue states, campaign hard, volunteer, it matters. All right, final question. Hey, Dan, I'm feeling overwhelmed. It seems like everything, all caps, is falling apart. Taxes are on the rise, our schools are failing, and then inflation like we've never seen it before. Any advice on where to start? I'm not done fighting, Harpshaw at 19. Well, I'm not done fighting either, Harpshaw at 19, not at all. Where do you start? Well, start where I started. I've given this answer a couple times. Uh, some of you may not have heard it, though. The first thing you can do is just go to a search engine and find your local Republican conservative group, Tea Party group, Libertarian group, wherever it is, and show up. I mean it. You have to go. You will find and meet people in these meetings. Ladies and gentlemen, the networking matters. There's a guy I met. He ran for governor in Maryland at a elephant club meeting. It was a Republican club in, uh, in uh, Anne Arundel County, Maryland. It was a guy I met. He ran for governor. That started my political career. I'm not sure where I would be right now if I hadn't attended that meeting and enjoyed that guy's campaign posture. You got to show up. You have to go to these local clubs. I know it's, an, uh, you know, in the era of social media and the internet, I know it's not like the cool or edgy thing to do. Go to a meeting, a social club. What the heck is that? Folks, there's no other way. If you're really overwhelmed and you want to change things, show up because you'll find little tidbits at these meetings. You'll learn about Elephant Club dinners, Lincoln dinners, Republican Club dinners, and you're going to start to meet people. Then you're going to find candidates you like, and you're going to volunteer for them, and you have the opportunity to change things. But the best place to start is to show up at your local Republican club and show up tomorrow if there's a meeting. Don't show up to know an empty room. That's the best place. That's where I started. That's literally where I started. The Elephant Club, Severna Park, Maryland. Dave Blanche running the show. Tall Dave. Dave, almost seven feet tall. <laughs> Good old days. All right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please check out my show, Unfiltered, on Fox News tomorrow. We have Dinesh D'Souza, Dagan McDowell, Pete Hegseth. We also have the rebuttals back on climate change. We'll see how that goes. Unfiltered, Saturday night, 10 p.m. Eastern time. Don't miss it. Thanks for tuning in. Oh, yeah, yeah, Monday. Good point. 
Uh, we have a show on Monday. It'll be an interview compilation from last week, so don't miss that. Check it out on the podcast. It will be there. So check it out on Monday. Thanks again, folks. See you next week. Good day, sir. You just heard Dan Bongino.